All right, let's pray, and then, then I want to share my heart with you this morning. Father, I love you. I'm thankful for all you're doing in our life. I'm thankful for the house of God. I'm thankful for the people of God. I'm thankful, Father, for 2019 and uh, what you have planned. And, Lord, I know according to Jeremiah 29, 11, that you do have plans, and I know that those plans are good. And, Father, I'm thankful for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We had, as a church, we've had an incredible year, 2018. We had an incredible December. Uh, God has done so much here in December, uh, all the way back to, to our kickoff weekend for the Christmas holidays, and we had three services that weekend. Then we had three services the weekend before Christmas, and we impacted a lot of folks. Uh, we had over 15 people through the Christmas weekend respond uh, to the invitation to Christ, and uh, God has really finished the year well, really shown himself strong in our behalf. Now, I don't think it's a coincidence. You know, if you know anything about the Bible, the Old Testament ends with God encouraging families. In the Old Testament, it says that God wants to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Well, then the New Testament ends where it says the bride, which is us, is saying to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, come quickly. All right, that's how the New Testament ends. Lord, come quickly. Now, I don't think it's an accident the way the Old Testament ends. I don't think it's an accident the way the New Testament ends. I think God... Uh, I believe every word in the Bible counts, and I think he has a plan and he has a purpose, and it was set up that way. Okay, I don't think our December and our year ended by accident the way it did, and I think God has done some amazing things. Now, here's what's stirring in me this morning. We had two special guests in December. Now, if you know anything about church, typically December is not a month to have a special guest speaker. Uh, because it's Christmas and you're doing Christmas services. And so as a pastor, as a staff of church, you know, we wouldn't designate December as a time to have a speaker in. It's just, it's just not a good time to do it. And if we were going to have a speaker in, a good time to have a speaker into church is January, February, and March. And then another good time is September, October, November. But December is not a great month. Well, I'm at Men's Retreat in September, and uh, Terry Stiegel is there, and he pastors, of course, New Life in Delhart. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to have him in church. <clears throat> and so, you know, you begin to try to make the arrangements. Immediately, the enemy tries to get involved and keep it from happening. And the only time it worked was for that uh, second weekend in December. Well, I just decided, God, I believe you're in this. Even though it's not necessarily a month to have a visitor in, we're going to do it. So we had him in. All right. Then fast forward through our Christmas services, and Richard Humphreys, who was one of the speakers at Men's Retreat, who we had last weekend, uh, he has family in the area. And so he got in contact with me and said, hey, I'm going to be in the area. Would you be interested in, in having me? And the first thought was just what I said. It's December. It's the end of the year. Uh, it, you know, it's not necessarily a good time. And so I just prayed. And I said, Lord, you know, what, what do you want us to do? And I felt like that we were supposed to have him in. Now, both of those men said some things that really stirred in my heart. 
And I wanted to just start 2019 and just give you a friendly reminder, if I could, of a couple of things those men said that ministered to me and and I believe were for us. Okay, we weren't looking for them to come preach. We don't have somebody in to preach because I don't want to preach. I I believe it was God. Okay, just like God ended the New Testament, just like God ended the Old Testament, I believe it was God's plan and purpose. And I believe those two men had something from the Lord that we as a body needed to hear. Now, I'm going to talk just a few minutes about what they said, but I would encourage you to get online, get on tcf.church, if you would, in the next couple of weeks, and listen to uh, Terry's message again, and listen to Richard's message again, because I believe they had some things to say. All right, that being said, I want to just share a couple of thoughts with you that I felt like the Lord didn't want us to let get by and didn't want us to miss. Terry talked about spiritual warfare, and I think it's one of the most practical messages on spiritual warfare that I have ever heard in my life, and I was ministered to by it. I know many of you were ministered to by it, and so I wanted to read some scripture. I'm going to start in Ephesians 6.10. I'm going to read Ephesians 6.10 through 13, New King James, and then let me share with you. So listen to what this says. It says, finally, my brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It doesn't say for you to be strong in your power, but to be strong in his power. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the attacks of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, I know you know this. People are not your problem. Flesh and blood are not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. Your spouse is not your problem. Your cousin is not your problem. Your problem is the kingdom of darkness. And what the enemy wants to do is put a smoke screen up in your life where you think it's a people problem when in fact it's a spiritual problem. It's a darkness problem. And the scripture says that you and I are supposed to be aware of that. We're supposed to be aware of his attacks. Now let me finish reading. He says, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, Here's the first thing Terry said that jumped out at me that I wanted to make sure you didn't forget. He said, Satan has authority anywhere Jesus doesn't have authority. Satan has authority anywhere in your life where Jesus does not have authority. He said there's no neutral ground. Now, I've heard this before. I heard that years ago, but I was reminded of it this month. See, there's no Switzerland in the spirit realm. See, there's no switch. You know, I know you watch. You can watch like horror movies and vampire movies, and people run into the church, and that's kind of neutral ground. And and you know, the bad guys can't get you. And I, and I'm not saying they can get you. I'm not saying there's darkness here. But in the spirit realm, either Jesus is Lord of something, or the enemy's in charge of it. Okay, that's the only two choices that you have. Now, I know you're just like me. I want Jesus to be Lord over my family. I want Jesus to be Lord over my children. I want Jesus to be Lord over my grandchildren. There's no neutral ground. So you have to decide what areas of your life have you thought, hey, you know, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to give this to God when you need to give it to him. Let me read you another verse. 
Listen to 1 John 5, 19. 1 John 5, 19 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Uh, that should answer a lot of questions for you. Okay, what do we say around here? Well, we say God is good, the devil is bad, and the world is broken. God is good, the devil is bad, and the world is broken. What does that scripture say? That scripture says that the entire world lies under the sway of the wicked one, but we're of God. All right, so what does that mean? Well, that means that you and I have an enemy. Now, here's what Terry ministered that really stirred in me that I just want to remind you of as we move into 2019. He talked about how every one of us have a calling of God on our lives, and everywhere you go, you take Jesus with you. And he gave the example of them being in a line somewhere, and somebody tried to cut, and he said he put his big old foot out there, and when he got his big old foot out there, that person couldn't cut in line. And he gave the example of how you and I spiritually put our foot down, and when we put our foot down in the name of Jesus, there's no room for the devil. But you have to step up and put your foot down. I heard an old preacher one time tell a story about a lady who had a little dog, a little fluffy, fifi dog, and it was barking, and she was trying to get it to stop barking, and it wouldn't quit, and it wouldn't quit, and it wouldn't quit. There's a family that lives up above me, and they have one of those little dogs. You know, and they, have, uh, they have little man syndrome. You know how those little dogs are? <clears throat> well, that dog can be outside when I walk in the morning, and it does not give me the time of day. It doesn't look at me. But if there's any family members outside, like they're starting their truck or they're leaving for school or leaving for work, that dog attacks me. He will run across the street. Now, he doesn't weigh five pounds, okay? I mean, I could put the boot on him and send him over the house, okay? I mean, I don't do it, but I mean, he charges me. He growls. He snarls. He barks. And, the, and I'm thinking, I don't want that dog biting my calf. You know, so I'm turning. I'm like, okay, okay. Now, here's what I thought. Thank God it's not a pit bull. Thank God it's not a German shepherd. Thank God it's not a 90-pound dog. And I'm about half afraid of him, and he's little. Ugh but he's protecting them. The enemy's the very same way. At the end of the story, the pastor told how the dog wouldn't quit and wouldn't quit. And finally, she stomped her foot and said, get out of here. And that dog yelped and turned around and ran off. Okay, that little dog up in the neighborhood does the very same thing. Listen, now don't miss this. This will change your life. That's exactly how you have to do the devil you got to put your foot down and say, devil, you're not having my family. You're not having my children. You're not having my marriage. You're not having my job. You're not having my business. You're not having my health. You're not having it. Get out of here. And I, and I was so ministered to by that, and I want you to take that on in 2019, that you put your foot down in the name of Jesus, and you claim what belongs to you, and you don't let the devil have it. Listen, Satan's not supposed to be a part of your life, amen? Let me read to you in Matthew 18, 18. <clears throat> Excuse me. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here's what he said. If daddy says no, I say no. Daddy's your heavenly father. If daddy says no, I say no. What does that mean? 
That means when God says, hey, this belongs to you, you don't let the devil have it. You put your foot down and you use your mouth and you say, get out of here and get off what's mine. You remember he told the story of the guy that was fishing at their pond and he stopped and asked the guy, hey, is it okay if you fish? You know, who gave you permission? Well, the landowner did. And he said he picked his phone up and called his dad and said, dad, did you tell this guy he could fish? No, I didn't. And he told him, get out of here. Okay, the enemy's the very same way. If your dad, if your heavenly father says no, then you say no. Then he said this, and this was so powerful. He talked about the gates of hell. If you were here, you remember he talked about the gates of hell. And he asked the question, where are the gates of hell? And he said, well, they're in hell. And this is what he said. I want to knock down gates, not make people behave. Every pastor I know needs to hear that. I want to knock down gates. You know what gates represent? Authority. I want to knock down gates, not make people behave. Now, listen. He talked about how you and I have been called by God. Whether you're a teacher, a principal, you're involved in the healthcare industry, you have a business, you're an employee, you're a coach. Uh, You coach Little League, whatever it is you do. You think about all the different things you do across this room. That whenever you go do what you do, you take Jesus with you and you put your foot down. Now, the Bible says that when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. When the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Listen, when you go to your job tomorrow, you take Jesus with you. If you volunteer on a board, you take Jesus with you. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, you take Jesus with you. In your home, you have Jesus with you. If you're with your grandkids, you have Jesus with you. And everywhere you go, you put your foot down and you make sure the devil is not doing anything. And my family doesn't belong to you. My kids doesn't belong to you. My school doesn't belong to you. My job doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, either Jesus is Lord or the devil is. Listen, Tulia doesn't belong to the devil. Jesus is Lord over Tulia, Texas. Jesus is Lord over Swisher County. I believe Jesus is Lord over your home, your families, your jobs, and your businesses. And God has been stirring in me that 2019 is our year of deliverance. Whatever the enemy has encroached on in your life, you're going to put your big old foot down and you're going to drive him off. The next thing he talked about was peace. Peace. And that everywhere you go, you take peace with you. He said you either take a hammer or you take peace. You've heard that saying before, right? That, you know, if you give a boy a hammer, everything's a nail, correct? Isn't it true? Right, yeah, yeah. If we give Henry a hammer, we're better all run. We're in trouble. Something's gonna get broken. All right, and that you and I take peace with us. We take the peace of God which passes understanding and that you bring that peace with you everywhere you go. Now, listen to the first thing Richard Humphrey said that I wrote down. Richard said, the wind is not blowing in your face anymore. It's now going to be at your back. I bet there's some folks in here that you've had the wind in your face this last year, haven't you? Some of you are laughing. (laughs) Yeah, you're laughing. You're laughing. 
You know, the Lord ministered to me several weeks ago about grief and about mourning and about sorrow. And I asked someone, I was just listening to the Lord, and I asked this person, I said, hey, have you had any grief or mourning in your life? And they burst out laughing. They burst out laughing. They were like, are you kidding me? It's like, yes, I have that on me. All right, Richard Humphrey said, the wind has been in our face, but now it's at our back. That's huge, isn't it? That's huge. In 2019, you know how, you know, I know, I, I know you can see it just like I can. You know, that old wind's blowing. I mean, man, remember what, a few days ago, a few weeks ago, that old wind's blowing terrible. I, I hate wind, don't you? Nobody in here likes it when it's windy. Okay, he said the wind is not going to be at your face. It's going to be at your back. Now, let me tie the two messages together. Here's what he said. He said, it's time to take back the land. All right, what did uh, Richard Humphrey say in Terry? Terry said, you've got to put your big old foot out, and when the devil tries to take something, you say, no, this belongs to me. Richard said, it's time for you to take back the land. Here's the example he gave. He said, imagine 100 years ago, your family had land, and somehow somebody stole it. Then over the generations, it was passed from generation to generation legally through the legal system. But then you find out a hundred years later, it always belonged to you and it had been stolen. And then you legally get to work to get it back. All right, now don't miss this. Think about how the enemy has encroached into our lives and into our families. And we've allowed him to. And he's done it through iniquities. He's done it through temper. He's done it through divorce. He's done it through sickness. The enemy generations before in our lives and times has gotten into our families. And then it's passed from generation to generation to generation. Now, here's what he said. He said, the enemy's claim on you is illegitimate. Okay, Roland, the enemy's claim on your life is illegitimate because you're blood-bought. You're redeemed. So the enemy wants to take control of whatever it is in your life he wants to take control of. But Terry said, you and I have got to put our foot down and we have to challenge that illegitimate claim. Now, you know what we do? We get used to it and we settle in, right? We do. We get used to it. My lumbago, my arthritis, my asthma, my eye problems, we own it. We just get used to it. We settle in. This is just the way it is. And the enemy rocks along with you with this illegitimate claim in your life. And all you have to do is stomp your foot and put your foot down and say, get off my family, get out of this area of my life. You're not going to have it. Your claim is illegitimate. I'm taking back the land. I'm taking back what belongs to me. The Bible says it has to be restored to you seven times. Now, just for a minute, just think for a moment. As you think about your family and you think about your life this morning, what's been stolen? What's been stolen? As you think about your heritage, you think about your family, think about what's been stolen. Where has the enemy had a claim in your life so long that you've just gotten used to it? And it's time for you to take that back. It's time for you to recognize that Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my family. And he has no claim to me or mine. And that claim has no grounds and it's illegitimate. 
down at Power Kids last couple of years, you know, we had that sign, that big sign out there. And on, on it, we have our times of when the services start. And a couple of years ago, I put up on that sign, God is waiting to be wanted. God is waiting to be wanted. Listen, God goes where he's wanted. He doesn't force himself on anybody or in any place. The devil does that. What's that? You give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile, right? He's always moving and trying to get in and get more and get more and get more. You know how the devil works? He works from a toehold to a foothold to a stronghold. Toehold, just give him a toe. Foothold, stronghold. He goes from the toe to the foot to getting you in a chokehold. God goes where he's welcomed. He goes where he's invited. Now, here's what I'm asking you to do in 2019. I want you and I to take back what belongs to us. Whether it's your school, your community, your family, your children, whatever the enemy's trying to inch in on, right? Whatever he's, when you look the other way, he's moving. What's that children's game where you, don't you look the other way and you run and they turn and you have to stop? All right, that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He has no legitimate claim to you. Now, I just want to say one more thing and then we're going to stop and we're going to do our cards this morning. <clears throat> Richard talked about this being an altar. Okay, he said it's not a stage where you perform and we've never done that. Okay, it's not a platform where we communicate. Now, we do communicate, but we know it's not a platform. It's not, this has always been an altar, always. Okay, it says in Exodus that if God said to told the children of Israel, if you'll build me an altar, I'll come. I'll meet you there. Okay, now, we know this is carpet and wood and nails, and, and there's nothing supernatural about it. We've talked about that about the building, right? God doesn't live in this building. He's here when we're here. But we've built this and we've designated this as the altar of God. Okay, it's never been a platform. It's never been a place to perform. Okay, it's never been that. Now, I know you know that. It's always been an altar. Now, in the Old Testament, they offered blood sacrifices. You know what we offer? The sacrifice of praise. That's what, we, that's what we offer. When we come into the house of God, I don't bring a lamb. I don't bring a dove. I don't bring a bull. You know what I bring? I bring my heart, and I bring the sacrifice of praise. <clears throat> we bring the sacrifice of praise. Now, I just want you to understand something. Every time you come up here for prayer, every time you respond to what God's doing, you're at the altar of God. Now, I just want to encourage you this morning. Take back what the enemy has been trying to do to you. Amen? Amen. All right, guys, you want to hand out the cards? We're going to do our 2018, 2019 cards this morning, something we do every year. <clears throat> Those of you that have been here before, you know exactly what we're doing. You write down what you're thankful for this last year. And then you write down what you want God to do, what you're expecting God to do this next year in 2019. <clears throat> grab you a pen, grab you a pencil. We have enough that if you want an extra one for somebody that's not here, it's perfectly fine for you to do that. 
<clears throat> we, we have a bunch of them printed. So if you think, hey, I want one of these for my friend or whoever, grab you an extra one. <clears throat> All right, write down what you're thankful for this last year. What God did in your life. What you're grateful for. Just take a few minutes. As you look back on 2018, what are you thankful for? What are you grateful that God has done this last year? And then 2019, write down what you need God to do this year, what you're expecting. Feed my desires and dreams I lay down. 
I know that some of you are still riding, and that's fine. <clears throat> I, I just want to encourage you to not leave without finishing your card. Just you, when we dismiss, uh, if you haven't finished, don't, don't take it with you and think I'll finish it later because later never comes. And just write down what you're thankful for this last year. Write down what you'd like to see God doing this year. Uh, I've got my cards from the years past. I know many of you do too, right? And I can look back and it's amazing what God has done in my life from those cards. I know lots of you are shaking your head. You agree. So put this card somewhere where you won't lose it, where you can find it, where you can look at it occasionally. And uh, let's see what God's going to do in 2019. Amen? Amen. Why don't y'all stand up? If you're not finished, keep working. If you are, if you wouldn't mind standing up. And we'll close in prayer. Father God, I love you. I'm thankful for the gift of today. I'm thankful for all that you're doing in our lives. I'm thankful, Father, that the enemy has no legitimate claim to us. No legitimate claim to us. And I'm thankful for it. Father, as we go from this place, we're blessed, we're strengthened, and we're encouraged. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen. Y'all go and be blessed and have a great rest of your weekend.